Hi, I'm Andy Kimler, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. In case you didn't know what you were listening to, and in case you didn't know who the person you were listening to was. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's comedian Tim Harmston. If you're a comic and you started before social media really happened, like in the early 2000s, you were used to comedy a certain way, and now that we're, you know, 18 years later, you're kind of forced to look at comedy or the business of comedy through the contemporary Tim Harmston, an old friend of the show, as is his lovely wife, Mary Mack. Uh, They perform together. Well, they do and they don't. He explains the whole thing. Uh, They tour together, I guess, is uh, more accurate. So we had a nice conversation with Tim. Had a bunch of interviews in the can. Thought I'd do Tim's this week. We talk a lot about the uh, Minnesota Vikings. They're playing a playoff game. Actually, the day this drops, they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles uh, Sunday night. So actually, most of you already know the outcome of that game if you're downloading this after Sunday. But I figured it was the more timely of the interviews that we had uh, awaiting to be run. We have the Song of the Week is coming up from Book of Love. They are back, and I'll explain all that at the end of the show. But first, uh, the president had his physical, and there was a lot of controversy, as the British would say, and that's the subject of our dumb bit. So the president had his physical, and uh, the White House doctor that gave it to him is the same White House doctor that was on staff when President Obama was in the White House. They, they kept this guy on, oddly. You'd think they would have swept, uh, swept clean everybody out of the White House, but they, I believe his name is Dr. Ronnie Jackson. He's out of the military Air Force, I believe. And, uh, well, he had this to say about the president's health. He uh, he has incredible uh, he has incredible genes. I just assume. I mean, you know, if uh, if I uh, if I didn't watch what I ate, I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't have in the uh, the cardiac and overall health that he has. So he's very healthy despite those things. And I don't think that he does that anymore. I mean, you know, I mean, he's going to the White House now. He's uh, he's eating what they're what the what the chefs are cooking for him now, and they're cooking a much healthier diet for him now. And and the president may have great genes. His golf pants, eh, not so much from the pictures I've seen. But anyway. Uh, yeah, president got a clean bill of health, and but people were kind of surprised by that, but uh, more so because they were saying that it didn't seem like he was 6'3", like they said, or that his weight was right, and I thought that that's kind of odd. I'm more concerned about things like this. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. And this... I watched in Jersey City, New Jersey, where thousands and thousands of people were cheering as that building was coming down. I'm not really concerned about his height and weight. <laughs> That's, I, I could care less. And then later in the week, it turned out that uh, he had also taken some cognitive tests issued by the same doctor. And that doctor said, no, he's as sharp as a tack. And uh, boy, uh, I just got to question that, you know, because, you know, even though the White House doctor said this, it's uh, some people have, uh, you know, just great genes. You know, uh, I told the president that if he had a healthier diet over the last uh, 20 years, he might live to be 200 years old. I don't know. Donald Trump is still saying things like this. I'm going to bomb the shit out of him. It's true. I don't care. I don't care. They've got to be stopped. 
This episode is brought to you by OldSchoolShirts.com, where you can live the past in stylish vintage apparel, including defunct teams, lost brands, and other bygone favorites, including old closed amusement parks, uh, shopping centers, things you want to relive that people may have forgotten. And you can do that from cities like Atlanta, Baltimore, Chicago, Detroit, Indianapolis, Kansas City, Louisville, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and more. Go to OldSchoolShirts.com and start shopping for some cool vintage apparel. Now, on with the show. Tim Harpson is a stand-up comedian originally from Wisconsin. He actually says where in the interview. I forget where exactly, but he does most of his work now in Minneapolis, where he lives uh, part of the year with his lovely wife, Mary Mack, and then they live the other half of the year in Los Angeles. And here now is our interview with Tim Harmston. What, Tim? Hey, Tim, it's PF. PF, how are you? Good, man. How are you? All right. How's that lovely wife of yours? <laughs> She's great. Awesome. She's great. We just skyped. We just skyped with the dog. Oh, okay. So, Are you yeah, got- I have the dog in Minnesota. She ha- she's in New York by herself. Okay. So, uh, she has a daily Skype with the dingo or hound dog. All right. So for uh, those who aren't <laughs> regular podcast listeners, uh, Tim is married to the lovely and hilarious Mary Mack. Uh, who's also been on the podcast many times. Um, so uh, Yeah, she says hello. Oh, good, good, good. Always nice to hear from uh, Mary. Boy, she's super funny. Um, yeah. So, uh, as are you, of course, sir, and we're going to get uh, uh, folks in Minnesota will get to uh, enjoy your, your antics, I guess, <laughs> in a couple of weeks here. Have you uh, you've been touring as much, or um, what have you been up to lately? Yeah, yeah, we've been, uh, well, we've been uh, touring... Um, Mary and I have been touring together quite a bit and uh, doing doing our uh, I don't know what you would call it like it's not a husband and wife show it's more just like a like I do my set and then she does her set and then we do our sets together like it's kind of like a I don't know it's like a mashup of both of our you know I don't want to say routine but you know what I'm saying yeah. like it's like both our sets <laughs> and then we just like offer like a running commentary of what we're doing uh, at that moment that involves like improv and, and um, so we've been doing a lot of that like kind of because we got when we you know when we got married we were both touring a lot heavily uh, on our own and then it, it just realized you know we just both sort of figured out that it would be it'd be a lot easier to do this if we were together you know to like be working touring headline comics and so so we just decided to start doing it together and um and so it's been fun and and like this week uh or not this week but uh super bowl week i'll be at acme and uh mary's gonna uh mc and uh so she'll be on the show and so we just kind of decided that that uh we want to be working together as much as possible so that's cool for, for our sanity <laughs> there you go yeah it's uh, strange your uh, your styles of comedy seem to complement each other they're not you know uh, diametrically opposed yet they're not certainly not the same uh, does that kind of translate into your relationship as a whole <laughs> yeah that's a good way to put it uh, the, the 
yeah, I think as far as our relationship goes, it's she's um, yeah, I think it does work. Like I'm the I don't I'm the on time person and she's the late person, and I'm the the guy that forgets to pay the bills and she's the one that remembers to pay the bills on time. Like we have these things that sort of are diametrically opposed, yet it sort of comes together to work for the most part. So, yeah, and then on stage it's kind of the same because my style is I always write jokes like one-liners and whatever, yeah. and she writes stories, more or less. And so it is good because the audience gets kind of like two different kind of humor perspectives, I guess, so. And, and you're kind of like the kind of the, the sports fan guy. She's the the folksy gal everybody loves. That's everyone's friend. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Although she's had real problems with sports now because she, you know, she's told me for many years, like, you know, why do you waste your time watching football? You and, only get disappointed. And she's told me that too, and, by the way. You know, <laughs> what's that? She shared that with me, by the way. Why does he waste all his time on? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Well, yeah, I mean, but she, she's just been on my case for five years about, um, well, I suppose being like a Bengals fan, I'm sure you understand, but it's uh, like Browns. It's such a time investment, at, or Browns, right? And yeah. Such a, 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 and then, so at the end of the, uh, so at the end of the game on Sunday when Jake scored that touchdown, she texted me and she's like, holy shit, did you see that game? That was amazing. It's like, well, I thought this was all a waste of time. And yeah. Nobody, you, know, you should be outside exercising. Like, that's always her yeah. thing. So she's kind of like coming back into the the football fold. And it's a little, it's intoxicating right now because we're in Minnesota and obviously the Super Bowl is here and people are just electric. And yeah. And you'll see what happens if the Vikings win or lose. But I suppose you'll publish this after the three well, results. But. I may, since we're having this timely conversation, I may make this Sunday's podcast episode uh, because right. the other ones I have in the can, we didn't really talk about anything uh, t- timely with other comedians. So maybe this, uh, we're recording this, of course, uh, the Friday before the big, uh, the NFC championship between the Eagles and the Vikings. Now, you're a, a Packers guy, though, aren't you? I am. I'm a big Packers fan, yeah. Are you upset that the um, Vikings I are doing well, or are you... Okay, so but you've now that the Packers are out and the Vikings are still in, you, you've thrown in with with the dark side. Is that can we? Uh, well, I'm I'm thinking about writing an article about this very predicament because um, it, it's really kind of one of those one of those demographic or I'm um, sorry, geo, uh, the word um, the, um, yeah, geographic conundrums that a lot of fans or um, football fans find themselves in like if you live in say you live in eastern Ohio yeah. and you're closer to Pittsburgh you might this is... be on that edge right well, this... be... so yeah or you know Buffalo and New York Jets or you know yeah. whatever your your kind of conflection is where you live and what team is a, a local team and so I'm it's all, I grew up in Western Wisconsin so I'm a huge I'm a big Packers fan, but all the media that I get and the coverage on TV and, and print is, is all Vikings related, and and I also know a lot of Viking friends. Uh, uh, yeah, Vikings. see, that's the that's the thing. You know, yeah, like other family members or friends that are Viking fans, and so you don't you want to see them happy, and so that's where my my mindset right now is is 
hey, if my friends that have suffered, I mean, believe me, Viking fans have suffered a ton. <laughs> so to see them yeah, happy. That, that's a weird way to put it, because I'm in kind of a, uh, an interesting triad uh, between Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh, you know, I I, uh, yeah. I grew up in Cleveland, but I spent a lot of time from high school on in Pittsburgh and after college. And, I, and I, my dearest friends are all from Pittsburgh, and they're all Steeler fans. and And I respect the organization, what they've done for minority candidates, getting them coaching, all that stuff the Roonies did. But I still hate them. They, in the end, they will cheat. They will spear people if they have to. So I want to be happy for my friends. But you've got six rings. I always tell them this. I'm like, look, choke on your six rings. I don't care anymore. I'm not rooting for you anymore. And, and they are sympathetic to my cause, being a Browns fan. But um, yeah. I still can't go the other way and, and, and root for the Steelers. I used to when I was a kid and think, oh, you know, they're, the Browns are out about root for the Steelers. And then the Bengals is another, you know, I'm not mad at the Bengals because the Bengals came from the Browns, basically. Paul Brown founded them. And I do feel yeah. very sorry for my friends here that, uh, like, kind of more of a predicament like urine, where they've suffered so long that, you know, you can't not root for them. Although my wife hates it. She hates the Bengals because the, she finds Bengals fans annoying. So, it's just... I uh, find, yeah, Bengals fans annoying, too. Uh, but I don't... Uh, I, I, don't. I, I totally understand the... Um, yeah, it, it's, you know, and, and at the end of the day, it's like, why, why am I getting carried away with this or why am I wrapped up so much in who wins and, and yeah. it's just a silly game And but but I don't know there was something about that that they're calling it the Minnesota miracle that, that huh. it really um, I was listening about it listening to sports radio this morning they were talking about how when the Vikings thought they were out of it and they were going to lose with 10 seconds left and, and there was just this just overwhelming cloud of here we go again and why do we get our hopes up and then when that play happened it was like just like it was like a giant pressure being valve being turned and it's like the noise you know was just like you could hear it from miles away it was just like this giant relief and it was really kind of fun to watch even yeah even if you didn't care about football or you weren't interested it was just really an amazing thing to see well i heard it on the uh radio I was out running errands, and I had, and I was, I went to top, bought some lottery tickets. I had the game on, and I saw like the last couple of plays, and I got back in the car and figured, well, this is just a matter of, you know, I don't, the Vikings may run down far enough to get a field goal, so maybe. And then uh, as I'm driving home, of course, I heard the the you know make the catch and get into the end zone, and I had to run in and immediately rewind the TV uh, and see what happened. But uh, yeah, that was, it was really really something. Yeah, it reminded me of. Uh, a play a long, long time ago, Viking fans are listening might remember if you're uh, around our age. Uh, the Browns, it was the year the Browns went to the playoffs and lost to the Raiders, but the Browns were having a great season and they went up to Minnesota, back at the old Metropolitan Stadium, and Ahmad Rashad grabbed the Hail Mary pass with one hand uh, to defeat the Browns uh, on the last play of the game. Yeah, yeah I look, do you remember that. Look that, that up, young people. Brian Tarkenton, the, the quarterback? I... Boy, that boy, that who did throw that bat at 1980? Would it have been Tarkington? Yeah, I guess he still would have been playing, right? Tarkington or Tommy Kramer? I'm not sure. Tommy Kramer, maybe. Yeah, I can't remember Tarkington retired because he played in that Super Bowl against the Raiders in '77. But I don't know if he's still around. Now I gotta go look that up when we get off. He played fairly long though. Like he was pretty much. Now I think about it, maybe he was the one that threw that pass. But yeah, look it up on your YouTube, kids. Very heartbreaking. Yeah, but I mean, we went to the playoffs, so yeah. That was a year, uh, a year or two before they moved into the Metrodome. Yes, yeah, yeah. That was still in the remember. old. Yeah, yep. Yeah, 
I don't remember Tarkenton ever playing in the Metrodome. So. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. So there you have it. All right. So uh, so what else is taking up your time uh, up there while you're in Minnes- wintering uh, in Minnesota? Geez, I've been given a. Um, I've, I've been editing a, my second album, which is going to be released in a few uh, few months, probably by March. I'm hoping. So that's uh, that's. I took a lot of time between albums to to. Um, to come up with the right, you know, hour of material to, that I felt proud of and wanted people to hear. So I recorded that in December, and that'll be out on Stand Up Records. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about that, and it's. Uh, I've also been doing a lot of um, uh, contribution to a show on Wisconsin Public Radio uh, called the Big River Radio Wave, and uh, I write the humor segments for that. It's kind of like a very small town sort of um, it's like a small town version of um, the uh, Prairie Home Companion type variety okay. uh, concept so that's on uh, Wisconsin Public Radio and uh, you know and we've been spending a lot of time um, my wife and I have been recording um, a podcast or it's her, her podcast and so we're, we're kind of building up episodes of that trying to get that ready for launch and, and uh, yes, are you surprised to, uh, to hear of a comedian uh, <laughs> shooting or something a podcast? It's you know, like I was thinking about that, that the other day. You know, that some <laughs> I, I was listening to somebody's pod. I had to interview somebody a couple years ago. I can't remember who it was. Um, and I was listening to his podcast, and he was literally saying on it, I don't know why I'm doing another episode of this. Because I think some people feel compelled to do it, but then other yeah. people do find... Uh, something that's that fits them, and uh, off the top of my head, a guy that's got a good podcast is Tom Thacker. Uh, it's called Stand yeah. By Your Band, and he invites people on to defend bands that otherwise people beat up. Like that, what's a genius idea? And so, yeah. if you have like, and Doug loves movies, of course. That's you know that's straight in his basket because he found a way to you know turn that game he used to play at auditions into something pretty pretty lucrative. So if, if something fits. Then yeah, why not? Tom Segura and his lovely wife, uh, your your mom's house again. It's you know, and and I, I assume with you kids too. You know, there's certainly that dynamic that, that people enjoy both of you. So you know, why not? Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's really um, you know, it's one of those things where I think if you if you're if you're um, a comic and you started before social media really you know happened, like in the early two thousands, you're you were used to comedy a certain way, and now that now that we're you know 18 years later, you're kind of forced to look at comedy or the business of comedy through the contemporary you know lens, and and, and it, it just it's a totally different landscape. That people want access to to um, content, and, and they want to know more about who you are and what you're doing and, and obviously a podcast is the most direct way to do that so um, so Mary's kind of, it's kind of her project and I'm kind of just like a little side contributor um, kind of um, not a co-host but like a correspondent or so and I think that's a, a good way to put it and so so yeah we've been we've been uh, storing up uh, those types of episodes and um, yeah so and then booking Trying to book our, our summer tour, and, and uh, oh, yeah. in the summer we we do our we line up we put our uh, we have a camper and we put it on our pickup truck. Uh, we hook it up to a pickup truck, we put the dog in, and we go drive around the country and do shows and stay in the camper. And um, 
and yeah, so that's been fun. And this year we're we're really uh, we're probably going to do the Great Lakes. We're going to go up around Lake Superior and and sometimes into Canada and back around through um, you know Michigan and Chicago and kind of make like a big circle. So that's always a fun summer event. And um, yeah, and so that's about it. So. Yeah, catch some baseball while you're doing that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we we would. Yeah, we we sometimes we um, yeah we. We, we, well, I, the main thing is fishing. It's more like a oh, fishing, okay. it's more like a fishing comedy. It's like combining camping, fishing, work, and travel all in one thing. And so it's it's really sort of a, a fun thing that we look forward to every year. And it's been a super brutal, brutal winter in Minnesota. So the the, the you know we can't really wait for this. Um, it can't come fast enough is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for summer. And we, we became, well, I got my wife to be a big baseball fan last year. She always kind of followed the tribe when they were doing well. But, of course, last year, you know, with the big 22-game uh, winning streak and stuff, she really uh, got into it. So we're all going to go up as a family, the four of us, uh, um, in June and probably catch a game and, you know, visit relatives and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, summer can't get here fast enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go Cleveland. I mean, yeah. That's uh, that's a good team to root for. So, yeah. you, you have you, have you been to Target Field in Minneapolis? No, uh, like I like I famously said uh, to all the Minneapolis comics, I've been to your uh, town twice for an hour in the airport, and my girls have always wanted to come up and visit the Mall of America, uh, to which Jim <laughs> to which to which Jimmy Pardo says, "Have them walk around your mall ten times." Uh, that's the same thing. But uh, and I was invited to, to uh, judge a um, open mic uh, comedy finals there one time, and my wife almost said, "We can you can fly up." And we looked at the prices. This is back when it was very expensive to fly from Cincinnati, and it was prohibitively yeah. Yeah, but now it would be pretty cheap. I, if I was invited again, I could probably come up. But um, yeah, that's one of the places we would like to visit. To make a long story yeah, short, it's and uh, it's a really really good time. It's a beautiful, um, it's a beautiful stadium. And the Minneapolis in the summer is fantastic. So, and there's tons of great uh, comedy. You could you probably meet all the comics that you interview. That's on. true. Yes, I Amundsen and uh, yeah, all the uh, yeah. all the gang Brian up there. Tommy and oh yeah, Tommy Harry. and uh, Brian Miller and uh, who else? Nate Abshire. Yeah. yeah, the whole the whole crew. Um, uh, Amy Miller, although she's not from there anymore. A lot of people have moved. Jackie's moved, of course, to to California. She comes out, and she's actually a Wisconsin person. Oh, well, you're a Wisconsin person, but um, yeah, Jackie's from um, Jackie's, Milwaukee. Jackie's from South Milwaukee. Yep, that is correct. And Pete Lee is from Janesville. That's right. And Jackie Cation is a good egg, to use her own terminology. <laughs> <laughs> the best egg. I yes, call it. and we'll be uh, talking to her soon. She's she usually comes in around New Year's. I guess she visits family in Wisconsin, and then. Uh, and then comes over to Minnesota and, and does Acme, but I think she's waiting to spring for some reason. But um, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Back to this radio thing real quick. Is that like get you to flex a different muscle than uh, having to write jokes for the stage, or is it just kind of? Yeah, yeah. It is. I mean, it's a live recording, so it's really it's really for me. It's a great way to stretch out my ideas. So you know, normally, like I said, I write shorter bits shorter comedy jokes, one or two minor type jokes, and so when I do the radio show, I can stretch out and write a write a whole segment about a certain topic, and, and it's usually about five minutes long, and, and um, it's been great. It's been a really good exercise for me just to kind of um, have something to look forward to that, um, you know, when I can breathe a little bit and, and really put more, more, more color into a, a, a you know, a story or 
story and really stretch it out because it's on stage. I mean, I could do that on my stand-up, but for whatever reason, when I think of jokes, when I through my writing process, when I think of comedy, I just think in terms of like one-minute bits, like one minute here, one minute here, one minute here, and I just kind of cram them all together. I can't seem to stretch out a long story on stage, and so the radio kind of is a natural home for that. And uh, so I look forward to continuing that, and um, and uh, um, you know, and the, the show tapes in a small town in Wisconsin. It's called the Big River Radio Waves, and it's on the Mississippi. And so I usually combine um, taping the show and fishing in the Mississippi. Oh, there you and go. So again, again, getting to combine my two favorite things. So cool. Well, always a pleasure yeah. talking to you, sir. Um, hopefully, like I said, I'm sure we'll see uh, one or both of you down here in Cincinnati again sometime soon, and uh, hopefully we'll make it up to Minnesota, uh, and we'll give you guys a shout if we ever make it up to the Twin Cities, and uh, uh, hopefully that'll be, like I said, that'll be happening one of these days, because like I said, there's a lot of interest in the family for various reasons to see Minnesota. Yeah, please, yeah. please do, and, uh, and good luck uh, good luck with uh, your uh, Cleveland uh, Browns. Oh man! You Holy got a whole cow. new cast of uh, people to cheer on. So. Gotta get get rid of that Billy owner, man. Um, yeah, um, it's gonna be all about the Indians again this year. I had zero interest in the Browns until October, and then they were already well on their way to the perfect season. So I was kind of like, Ugh. <laughs> I can't yeah, even. Well, yeah. well good luck. It'll, it'll, it can only get better from zero to fifteen. So. All right, thanks, man. Uh, uh, have have fun during your shows at Acme, and uh, have a good uh, 2018. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Tim. Bye bye. Thanks again to Tim Harmson for being on the show. You can catch Tim at the Acme January 30th. That's up there in Minneapolis. And he's doing a private event the 31st, but then he's back at the Acme the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. I believe Mary Mack will be with him. I think she might actually feature for him then. I'm not 100% sure, but go see Tim. He is hilarious. And, of course, as he said, they're going to tour in the spring and summer, so do try to catch them. Uh, if you're in the upper Midwest, Great Lakes region, be on the lookout. And then Tim is at the Aberdeen Area Arts Council in Aberdeen, South Dakota, February 9th, at the Jack Pine Brewery in Brainerd, Minnesota, on February 14th. And he's uh, got a comedy fundraiser coming April 7th in Audubon, Minnesota. Look for more dates at timharmston.com. There you go. All right. So our uh, song of the week comes from Book of Love. And, of course, uh, I'm a huge fan. If you listen to the podcast with any regularity, you've heard them come up before. In fact, uh, Ted Ottaviano, the uh, chief songwriter and creative force behind the group, uh, although the uh, gals he worked with also chipped in on songwriting and uh, performing duties as well, certainly. But uh, uh, Ted was on the show a couple of years ago when I believe they were starting to tour again. I think they had released a Greatest Hits package. No, they didn't release a Greatest Hits Oh, they released the first album. That was it. Uh, re-released the first album. Greatest Hits album came out two years ago, and they released two songs off of that as singles. Well, they had two new songs. One was okay, and this one they went... Uh, they went with a single as, and it was called, I think, All Girl Band, and it was fine. And they had another great song, a little more melancholy, called uh, Something Good, which was amazing, and they did not push that as a single for some reason. So uh, as I've said for, gosh, since I've been following this band, they really need to let me pick the singles. But anyway, there's a new collection out uh, through Note for Note Records, distributed by Rhino Records, and it's called Book of Love, The Sire Years. Now, they were on 
Sire Records for most of their career, and this is a nice little retrospective. I mean, I knew I wouldn't be completely happy with the track listing, but I'm pretty happy with the track listing, and this is a very user-friendly, to borrow a word uh, phrase from Andy McCluskey, a very user-friendly greatest hits package, so I do recommend this. Really, uh, A Book of Love Greatest Hits would be a double CD of the first album in, in its entirety, and then songs from the rest of their albums, which there are, there's still a ton of good songs after that first album, but... Uh, I, the one I would have added on to this one would have been Candy Carol, title track from their album from 1994, I think it was. But this is a nice collection. No new songs on it, so I'm going to play you my favorite Book of Love song. And I, a lot of Book of Love fans like this song. I don't think they're as enamored of it as I am. It was one of the singles from the first album. I think when you talk to Book of Love fans, most will say, like, boy, I touch roses, uh, Medigliani. You might know that song from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It was featured in that movie. But uh, You Make Me Feel So Good, what our friend Pat Francis would call a mental patient song. I could hear this song over and over again and never get tired of it. So this is You Make Me Feel So Good from Book of Love, as it appears on their new greatest hits package called Book of Love, The Sire Years. Again, You Make Me Feel So Good, our song of the week, and it is a banger on PF State Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.